I really was wrecked and challenged in that moment. And I felt this invitation in it to just open just the slightest crack to my heart that it's possible that God was way better and bigger than my sin. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. The world has a lot to offer. Success, money, power, fame, and all of it is temporary, leaving us empty again and again, only to pursue more. This was Joe's story, until he received an invitation from God that showed him the answer to everything he was searching for. In today's episode, Finding Abundant Life. My story is really one where I pursued everything under the sun that I thought uh, was advertised as offering life and really started growing up in the church when I was a kid and uh, not finding it there, uh, but knowing that God was real. And so I, I spent spent a lot of church years um, just kind of observing and not really being an active participant. I look for, for life and, and really validation in work and success and what the what the world was telling me was successful to have a, a beautiful woman to make a lot of money to be recognized or powerful and what i realized when i was able to accomplish one thing that i could continue to to maybe taste all these different things and so i pursued sports broadcasting and had the opportunity uh, to work with abc sports and meet some of my heroes in the broadcasting world, only to find out that that life wasn't there. And I had the the opportunity uh, to live in Hollywood and work there and uh, get on the sets of some TV shows and movies that became very popular and uh, had the chance to get an agent and pursue those things. And at the same time, I was realizing that I could be successful in that world if I uh, stayed there, but also that the life I was looking for wasn't there either. And so I tried to get that question answered in the business world. And I pursued uh, uh, the corporate America, a fortune 50 company had great sales success there. I saw future, even in upper management, the executive level at this big company. And I also realized that wasn't where life was going to be found either. So I accepted the invitation out. And uh, that invitation uh, came as an opportunity uh, on The Apprentice and uh, ended up as a, a finalist on, on that show. To, there were 32 of us and half of us were going on the show and half weren't. And during that week, I had this opportunity really to, to kind of tell them what I knew they wanted to hear. And Rather than doing that and, and making sure that opportunity happened, uh, I handled it differently. And uh, part of it, again, was I was uh, a little bit disenchanted getting to see behind the scenes there uh, and felt this answer that life wasn't here either. And so 
went into the banking world and investment banking and I got the chance to cover some of the biggest institutional clients in New York, big, big, big names and institutions. And I got to be a part of uh, some big meetings there. And (laughs) once again, as that happened, I, uh, I felt this tug of my heart and this answer to this question that that abundant life was not going to be found there. In that season, I, I took another opportunity out and then uh, pursued uh, an entrepreneurial career and had this path uh, helping start a, a company, being president of a company that would become the number one, the nation's number one fastest growing real estate company. And when we're on this blazing new trails and breaking growth records and um, receiving accolades on the Inc. 500, I once again felt that tug on my heart. Uh, I had the validation question sort of answered from a worldly sense, uh, but I was still empty and still searching for where life could be found. And once again, I answered that, that tug on my heart and stepped into the unknown again. It was in that season that God introduced himself to me. And when we were going to have our second child, we, uh, we, got, we got pregnant and we found out it was a boy. And when my wife told me that we were having a boy, um, I just wept and I didn't expect that response. Uh, but I had just knew in my spirit that, that we were only gonna have girls. And so, we got pretty advanced in the pregnancy and had gotten the room ready and uh, we had given him a name. His name was Lucas, which means bringer of light. And we, we went to a routine appointment and uh, found out that his heart had stopped beating. And it was a really, really difficult journey. I mean, really difficult. We journeyed through that and a number of months pressed on and I found myself I still, from all those years of kind of practicing sin, uh, with I found myself with a really well-formed double life. And I uh, accepted an invitation to go to a Wild at Heart boot camp. And I hadn't even read the book, didn't know anything about um, the story, didn't know what we were doing, didn't know the guys there. Uh, it was just like a, one guy, one friend of mine that was going that said, I, I think you're supposed to go to this. And so I found myself there and a verse really stood out to me, almost like smelling salts in the middle of my journey that started to strip away religion from walking with him. And it was a verse that was very personal because it was my birthday, uh, was 1010. And so it was John 1010, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life to the full, this abundant life. And John Eldridge, who teaches the Wild at Heart Boot Camp, is the one who said that. And for some reason, I heard it. I had never heard that verse before, but I heard it. And it was like this aha. This is why you came to bring us life, to show us life. Like I had heard all this religious stuff. I had been in church for so many years. And like somehow, even knowing that God was real, never knew that it was to bring life. I just thought it was like so that we could behave better or come to know him or just something else, something much more religious than that. But I I knew the answer to the question that I had been asking all those years and what I was in such hot pursuit for. And the very thing that had caused me to have a double life going at that time 
was uh, was answered that that somehow the answer was in his words that this is why he came. And so I was I became fully present to this boot camp experience. But I got um, this injury. We played some football, and this guy fell on me. It was much bigger than me, and like literally, see, I'd never had a back injury, but seized my back. I could not move, and they said, well, we got to take you to the hospital. And I said, no, don't take me to the hospital. I, um, I, I got to stay, I got to finish this weekend. So that was Saturday. And the next day was Sunday. Um, and I just, I took, you know, uh, Tylenol, everything anybody could give me, even somebody, I think at like 3am that morning heard me groaning. And so they gave me uh, like Motrin PM <laughs> at three or 4am. And so I woke up, exhausted, hurting. And we get to the end of the session, which it ends at like 12 o'clock that morning. And I I physically couldn't get out of my seat. And everybody else had cleared out of the auditorium. And there was a guy that lingered back and he was like, hey, can I pray for you? And at at that point in my life, I really had been being around men's groups and everything else. I'd really never experienced someone praying and speaking on God's behalf. I just, I'd never, I didn't have a grid for that, uh, but I couldn't physically get up. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain and I'm, I'm going to have to go straight to the hospital from here. So yeah, I could use some prayer. And so he starts to pray for me and he prays for my back, but then he just stops himself. And he says, I feel like um, God is saying, I'm really proud of you. And in that moment, I went through the process of thinking about the God that I knew the God that I had learned about. And he, he saw and knew everything. So he knew the deepest, darkest, you know, he knew the sin and yet all the religious performance and this, this like complicated mess that I had become. He was fully aware of that. And, and I could look at my life and objectively say, there's nothing that I was proud of or that I would be proud of if I were God. I really was wrecked and challenged in that moment. And I felt this invitation in it to just open just the slightest crack to my heart that it's possible that God was way better and bigger than my sin and better than I ever thought that he could be. And that changed everything. I ended up a, a sobbing mess on the ground um, after, uh, after pondering that in that moment. And I I was just so wrecked. Somebody had to drive my car to the hospital and call my wife and have her pick me up at the hospital. And so by the time she had like retrieved me and I was sitting down in the car, she said, do you know what today is? And I, you know, in my loopiness, I said, no, I, you know, I think it's Sunday. (laughs) And she said, no, it's, um, it's today is actually Lucas's due date. And, uh, and so here on this, like this day that I was supposed to be a father to a son, you know, I'd really become a son to a father. And it just, uh, the way that, the way that God works, his kindness, his goodness, and then his perfection and timing really became this great mystery to me. I mean, I, I ended up two weeks on the couch where I couldn't move. And I had to, I would have gone back to my busy life of just running and being 
just doing things, getting things accomplished, um, and probably would have been robbed from properly processing what he wanted to do in my life. But um, he would see fit that two weeks on the couch would do. After two weeks, I never had a problem with my back again. But those two weeks, I was on the couch, and I just had to think about what I had this divine timeout, this divine halftime session of sitting, of sitting there and going, what just happened? What, who, who are you? And what, what are you doing in my life? Um, all these difficult questions, though, is what I felt answer in my spirit that he is enough. And I felt this confirmation where he is willing to take like the areas where my language He's willing to speak my language in all these areas as I'm wrestling questions with him and uh, the meaning and purpose and all of this. He's answered me through license plates and numbers and that 1010 number. I can't tell you how many times he's used, you know, the 1010 and the other number is Lucas's due date, 1118. And then how he'll use, how he can, intervene in um, just about every area of life. I, I, we went to a, a concert, a Switchfoot concert. And John, I at that time, you know, it was John 1010 that I was really living in of like this abundant life. And I remember telling my wife, I was like, the Switchfoot has this song, it's called When We Come Alive. And it really, I was like, I called it the John 1010 song. I remember at the, this concert with, you know, several, I don't know, 20, 15,000 people there. Uh, my wife turns to me and she says, oh, is this, the, they started playing a song. She says, is this the song? And I'm like, no, it's that, that's not it. And so a little bit later, she turns to me at, uh, and says, this is, and I'm like, this is the song. And so she pulls out her phone to video it and it's 1010, uh, right when the, right when they started playing the song. And then midway through the song, John Foreman gets off the stage and we're, I don't know hundred rows back, you know, so many aisles and everything. He makes his way all the way to our row and literally um, ends up walking over people. And right when he's saying, when we come alive, gives me a high five <laughs> when, when he's saying, when we come alive. And I had already labeled it the John 10, 10 song, but it's just, I, you know, there's so many examples in this journey of in it. And it's not to say anything about me, but what, if we're paying attention to the details of, of how the nature of our father, of how much bigger and sovereign, more sovereign he is than we'd ever think, that he has taken me and changed me and have has put me on this path from a double life into singularity or wholeness of heart and mind, and is still in the process of healing that in me of something that I thought was impossible. Something Something becomes lost because it's in the darkness, you know, because it's you can't find it. There's no illumination on it, right? And so there's something with Lucas and bringer of light where illumination comes and all of a sudden what's lost is now becomes found. And that that's really what he did. I, and I still, you know, I don't have these neat and tidy words because I'm not trying to make it into a testimony. You know, that's the very Christian thing to do. But I, I more just, you know, if I, as I retell the story or think about it, I just kind of marvel at it. And, it, you know, it brings joy in life to think that this is, you know, the story that he can tell. You're just living it, you know, and as you reflect on it, it's just it's more of something just for for marvel and awe and wonder. 
And it's, it's ultimately uh, about just bringing wholeness, bringing, being a true testimony to who our father is and what he's doing and the fact that it's not religious at all and trying to be true to this testimony and true to the story that he's writing on our lives. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, we think you'll also enjoy Lance's story, leaving everything for Jesus, and David's story, silencing the inner critic. They'll be linked in the show notes below. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.